We're at the end of the island with Junior Rowing News. Ready for rhythm. In two, in one, rhythm now. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the End of the Island podcast. Sadly, we are no longer coming live from Henley Royal Regatta. We are back in our respective bedrooms, front rooms, garages, wherever on uh, the Monday, the Monday after Henley Royal Regatta 2021. And today, Tom and I are delighted to be in the presence of 2021 Henley Royal Regatta legends. We're joined by three winners. We've got Juliet Perry from uh, the Leander Wargrave 8, We've got Zach Yule from uh, the Thames Rowing Club, Thames 8. And we've got Dan Safdari. He returns. He's coach of the Shiplake Diamond Jubilee Quad after their triumph on Sunday as well. And before we dive into this week's conversation, a reminder, we are we're once again sponsored by Asensi, the easiest way to add technique, coaching and correction to sport and fitness products. Asensi weaves motion capture into sports apparel, knowledge into software, so that fitness equipment, training apps and connected fitness products can coach and correct athletes' performance techniques in real time and you can get a free one-year british rowing indoor subscription if you head over to asensi.com so head over to their website to learn more about the products that they've got but as i said we're delighted to be joined by three henley winners this year to complete what is our henley um, our henley mini series and actually the final episode of uh, season four of the end of the island so um zach coming to you first of all obviously you you said you, you, you sort of forgot about this message that came through after celebrations in uh, Leander Club last night. So um, how does it feel to, to win Henley Royal uh, Regatta? How does it feel to win the Thames Challenge Cup? It, I don't, it, it feels like, uh, like, like nothing else, really. I mean, it's kind of hard to put words to describe like what I've been trying, I've been trying to do this for far too long now um almost i've been at thames for seven years and i started rowing at school five years before that and i've been trying to do this ever since my coach when i was a j15 told me you know winning henley was one of the best things i ever did in my life and that man had an olympic silver medal so <laughs> i was like well i better do it then because if you've got an olympic silver medal and it's one of the best things you've ever done it must be pretty good <laughs> um and it hasn't really sunk in yet so uh, i'm still floating on a cloud of disbelief and uh constantly touching the medal to check it is real <laughs> well i think I, I i can't say but i think it is real you have won henry Regatta. congratulations and, and juliet you as well you've you've won the wargrave challenge cup you've won henry royal regatta but you've also made history as the the first ever crew to win the wargrave for for women's club eights that's uh that's something pretty special as well yeah yeah it was really exciting um just like the introduction of the new event this year was um like a very exciting opportunity for I think everyone at Leander but also at every club across the country that was thinking oh yeah like let's get a women's eights project up and running for this um yeah and I think winning yeah I mean as Zach said it's really surreal um but also I really think after the couple of years that we've had and it has been pretty hard if you're an athlete and you really love sport and we haven't been able to go out rowing it's been a lot of really long hard ergs um it's it makes it feel all kind of like it kind of makes sense again um yeah and Dan maybe coming to you you've been on this podcast before when we asked you about how it felt to win the national schools and and you were you sounded almost surprised that, that had happened and you sort of had said to the girls look the season's yours what do you want to do with it well here we are now Shiplake unbeaten this season, topping it all off with the Diamond Jubilee. 
give me a little sense of how you're feeling. Oh, just absolutely over the moon for the girls. They've uh, they certainly committed, you know, most of their summer holiday to put the uh, put the effort in the training in, and just hats off to them because they did everything I asked. They committed fully, and uh, to to go in as kind of favourites, the pressure was certainly on. Um, tried to keep them as cool as possible and just take one day at a time. Uh, you know, Henley Royal's so special. Anything can happen each day, each round. So, you know, favourites get knocked out all the time. So it's a case of just focus on one race at a time and make sure that they're not looking down the, the programme, seeing where they might end up or who they might race before, getting ahead of themselves almost. So to do it, to, um, to, manage, to manage each day and to come away with the win with a fantastic race against Marlow. Uh, so proud of them and just uh, so thrilled for them because they've done something that's really, really special, you know, on, like you say, undefeated all year and couldn't be happy for them. And speaking of racing, let's zero in perhaps on all of your finals. Let's start with you, Dan, because we're already sort of talking about it. Marlow went out hard. I think the typical underdog approach at Henley is to try and go out hard and, and scare your opposition. They went out fast. At any point, were you worried? Because watching from the box, I thought at one point, hmm, Marlow might have led for quite a while here. Yeah, so they went out, like, like you say, just took the race on straight away. And they had, I think it was almost a length. I was in the launch, which I've not done before, but from the launch, you can't see much apart from, well, someone's clearly leading and, and it wasn't us. So they went out um, really strong, you know, great rhythm, settled on their race pace and just took that length straight away. I think it's by the time they got to the barrier, they had that. Um, just looking at our girls, waiting to see a call or waiting to see a move and uh, incredibly nervous. And, you know, we haven't seen Marlow for uh, about eight weeks. We, they didn't do Brit Champs, I think, when we were in small boat. So they quite easily could have picked up a bit more speed, something that we weren't aware of. Um, but the girls, like hats off them, held their nerve, held their maturity and just sailed on their rhythm, stuck to our race plan and just just reeled them in uh, and yeah, absolutely fantastic through the middle there. They're um, almost third 500. They just absolutely pushed through them and um, kind of took, took control of the race. And then you could see them start to smile towards that last 200 meters as they were just kind of realization sunk in that they've, they've got that race and they, that they won it. Yeah, incredible maturity for a junior crew. And, and Zach, maybe if I come to you next, Thames in the Thames, it, coming a bit of a pattern I think you know your, your race was, was more a case of getting out there early dominating it and just sitting on your opposition the classic eight way to row yeah yeah it was, I mean we got out we got out early um I uh they were the Malsey crew obviously we'd raced early in the year but the last time that we'd raced as a club at, as Thames was was the Met Regatta eight weeks prior where we'd been faster than them but we didn't really know anything that much about them. They'd raced our, our the Thames uh, B8 in the Thames Cup on Friday, and that had been quite a tight race. So I felt like confident that we could win, um, but um, they refused to go away the whole way down the course, and uh, which is never something that you want, as you know, uh, I'm sure everyone can attest to. But in, I mean, in 2017, I did a I raced the Brit for Thames, and I did a similar thing on the Saturday, and we went out. We went a length up against the Oslo for, uh, against an Oslo four, and then just sat a length up, and then coming down through the enclosures, they just started coming back, and just I was like, oh god, we've got nothing left, and 
it became very uh, I like to get got about the remnant and we were still only three quarters of a length length up and I was like oh no please don't happen again please don't happen again please don't happen again but um, I have to say those Morsey boys you know gave it everything they've got and they made me push myself to the very limit because I mean, we're getting to about five strokes to go and just looking over my shoulder going I need the line to come right now or I'm not going to make it so <laughs> but yeah it was a very much a case of go out hard and you know, hold on, like you say, like a classic eight-star sort of race, where if you don't go big early, you're just gonna, you're just gonna get left behind. And you raced a pretty good in your semi-final, Henley, who was sort of my dark horses for the Thames. So you didn't exactly have fresh legs coming into that one. No, yeah, I mean, I I read your prediction about that, and I just <laughs> wanted to make sure that you were wrong. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Not often I'm wrong, Zach. So fair <laughs> <way>. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, we, um, yeah, because we'd uh, we'd had maybe a slightly more comfortable run into the weekend than uh, Henley and Molsey had had, and we finished racing Henley on the Saturday, and uh, we got off the water, and I was like, oh, I'm very tired. I really, really hope that Molsey don't push us all the way to the line tomorrow. And then lo and behold, Molsey were like, well, I'm going to make you work for it, and so it's it's. Uh, it's uh yeah i think um our one of our coaches put it best that henley itself is much isn't as much as a race as it's a race to recovery each day where it's each, whichever crew recovers best generally does best so and uh yeah being pushed by henley on saturday definitely didn't make our life any easier because that was a hard race as well yeah, zach it's almost as if they're trying to get into final as well and, i know uh, it's and really win. really rude of them that you know they didn't just you know like just roll over it like just be like are you fine you can have it you've been doing this for far too many years it's your turn but you know it's really rude that other people want to win as well i think but um i mean obviously that's what makes it such a great great regatta and why everyone shows up every year and wants to do it because everyone brings their a game and everyone trains all year for it and you could see that you know it was obviously it's obviously such a big deal because everyone had done so much across all the clubs that raced so much training through lockdown sitting in their garage sitting in their living room i know people that erged in their kitchen because that was the only space they could fit an ergo in their house uh, and they'd done it for like three to six months over the space of this year just so that we could always be here in august and go yeah let's race heavily yeah absolutely and and juliet obviously we've seen in the past thames or sorry leander entering some development dates into the likes of the thames cup but to actually have have this opportunity now for for Leander's women to 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 do the to to replicate that now in the Wargrave Challenge Cup was there was there added pressure on you guys to 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 try and basically create your own piece of history or was it was it very much one race at a time we'll see how we get on day by day yeah i think i think most of the pressure came from like more ourselves than anyone else. Like our squad has been incredible for the whole year. It's been uh, an awesome thing to be a part of. And it's been a squad with a lot of momentum from, uh, you know, like if you just look at our results yesterday, like um, we did pretty well. Um, and so, you know, we had the Remnimate that we had been training with um, and, you know, we battle paddled them pretty much the whole time. And obviously they thrash us most of the time. Um, but like, it was, it was very much like there was big momentum in the squad. And so I think that's where the pressure came from. And then, uh, when we were racing Thames, like they, I mean, it was an awesome race. It was one of the best races. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, 
but like they they raced really well and like pushed us really hard as well so um yeah definitely I don't know there was a lot of pressure um but yeah I think we tried to take it just race by race day by day because that's kind of the only only way you can do it right if you get too far ahead of yourself you trip up and when when you're racing are you one of these people who you know, maybe get to um to folly or to remnant and think actually do you know what I think we've got this wrapped up we might win this or are you someone who you need to get all the way down past the finish line actually hearing the buzzer the buzzer going off to, to say I've actually won Henley now uh yeah I'm one of these people that is convinced something is going to go wrong or they're going to come back on us or quite honestly no matter where I am on the course I'm convinced that that's going to happen so uh one of my favorite parts of the course is when you go past the bridge just past Remenham um that's one of my favorite calls when you have a call there and when you're going down that part of the course and um I always say oh you can you can win from the bridge no matter what's where you are and we went past the bridge and we were up and I was like oh my god they can win from the bridge as well. Like we've, we've got to go, we've got to go. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely more of a person who's like waiting for that final, that buzzer as you cross the finish line to believe that it's actually happened. And and Dan, when we spoke after National Schools, you said that the Diamond Jubilee was going to be our pro- your project. It was going to be the, the one you're going to focus on with your, your squad of eight. And you've got, you had them all the way through. You got your second quad qualified as well and ended up, doing so well at qualifiers that they got a buy, a buy into the, the second round. Is the Diamond Jubilee something you're going to stick with next year or are you now going to have a crack at the uh, the new Junior Women's Eights or try and create your own legacy in the in the Diamond Jubilee? Good question. Uh, I had the girls ask me that <laughs> about an hour <laughs> after winning. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I think we'd, uh, we've got six girls back, which is fantastic. And... Um, I think we'll stick with the sculling for the time being and see how we progress. Really, we've got, you know, we've got some really nice boats, so it's it's a case of just wanting to uh, use the equipment we have. And if it, if you know, things develop and we think the sweep sweep is the way to go, we'll have a look at that. But for the time being, I'm certainly going to look at staying on the singles singles and in quad event. So are those are those six who who's staying on? Then is it is it two from one and four from the other, or three from each? Uh, yeah, so it's two from the quad that won and four from the B quad. Amazing, amazing. And you, when we spoke, I mentioned actually, you know, you've got eight exceptional athletes. Why not go for an eight? Your what answer was, well, you need 16 athletes really to have a really strong first day. So do you think you just need more numbers to be able to vote a competitive eight? Yeah, absolutely. I think we need more um, more depth and we need... Um, yeah, that, that's it, basically. Like if we had the depth, if we had, you know, a couple of eights that we could use or at least an eight and a four that, that we would be able to keep things competitive throughout the year, um, that's potentially something we'd look at. But because we just had eight, it would, you know, there's always an element of I'm safe, I'm definitely racing. So therefore, the competition isn't quite as hot between the uh, squad. So, yeah, just to keep them on their toes, really, just keep things focused. I, um, I enjoy how... Uh... You seem to, I, from how you answered that, when you said they, one of the first questions they asked you was, are you going to do the eight next year? You seem to have built this mentality of, uh, of um, similar to, oh, who am I trying to think of? Uh, the NFL quarterback, Tom Brady, who's won seven Super Bowls. And whenever he's asked which one is his favorite Super Bowl ring, he always answers the next one. 
So we know which, uh, you know, also, it seems like whenever you ask the ship, they go, which is your favorite red box? They go, the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. That's a winning culture. And Zach, maybe if I come to you, it's, it sounds like it's been a pretty long journey from inception to winning Henley. What's next? Um, oh, well, I mean, on that note, probably, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to win again because, you know, once you get a good, once you get a taste of something good, you always want more of it. Um, but, uh, no, yeah, I just, I really, I love rowing and, um, I, yeah, I mean, a lot of people see winning Henley, especially at like, club level as a reason to stop, but I don't really know what I do with my time if I, if I stop doing that, apart from probably put on a lot of weight. So, um. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm definitely gonna definitely gonna be back next year and gonna have to see you know who's back with me because obviously you can only have two previous winners. So if all if six of my eight decide to show up and go, yeah, we want to row again next year, we might have to be like, oh well, we might have to do a harder event, which is uh, <laughs> require even more training. But you know, I'm up for it. So, um, but yeah, definitely be back next year to do uh, to do some do something else, whether it be the Thames Cup again, the Y fold. Or maybe an intermediate event. So amazing. Uh, and Juliet, you're obviously sat there in your Oxford, Oxford Rupert and Buckley bit of bit of stash. So you rode the boat race. You've won at Henley. What's your ambition in the sport? Um, I mean, I'm gonna take uh, the next three weeks off, I think, and have a bit of a break. <laughs> it's been quite. It's been quite a long season. Um, and yeah, I'm going back to Leander in September. So. I'll do another season at Leander. Um, I trialed this year, so I'll hopefully trial again next year for, um, uh, yeah. And just, yeah, I, I take it season by season. I don't like to look too far ahead. I'll do it for as long as I enjoy it. And when I stop loving it, then I'll, I'll find something else to do. Amazing. Amazing. And I think I just wanted to go around each of you with one question, maybe to wrap things up. Excluding, obviously, the moment that you won because that is clear in a way, probably everybody's favourite moment from the week. <laughs> Excluding that moment, do you have a particular moment that stands out to you, given it was, a, it was a regatta that was held in the face of adversity, we'd been away for two years, it felt as much a celebration as it did the usual sort of carnival of colour and noise. So maybe, maybe Julia, if I come to you first, did you have a moment in the week that you could say, oh, I, this was brilliant, I really, really love this? Um, so I think... Uh, we we won the Wargrave and then basically every 20 minutes after that there was another race with a Leander um, women's crew in um, and we were obviously all watching it. We'd all already been swimming and chucked our cocks in and we we're all stood in our wet lycras um, watching on, on our phones to see the live stream and then we could see them going for their interviews and coming back over. And then our last crew to go was the the women's um, Remnant crew, or our last women's crew to go was the Remnant crew. Um, and as they were paddling back from having done their interview, uh, we were all like jumping in the water, swimming out to them, um, climbing in their boat. And um, yeah, I think that would be a standout moment because it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just our win, but it was like our whole squad together um, celebrating something really awesome. Amazing. Zach, do you have a similar moment? I think, I think for me it was lining up for the first race we did on the Wednesday, and it just feeling like you know everything was back. We were back like well, back to not normal per se, but you know 
the last the only race I'd done previous to that in the last almost two years was was Met Regatta eight weeks before that, and we were lining up on the Wednesday, and I was like, "Yep, I'm nervous." So we're definitely racing, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people here, and you know the live streams on. I can see all the cameras, and it just was felt really good to be to be back at Henley, and everything seemed to be you know it suddenly was all like yeah it was definitely do worth doing the training for this over the last two years because this just feels exactly how like how i remembered it did last time which is i feel like i want to be sick (laughs) which but no yeah i think it was that was definitely the, the moment where i was like i really got really excited about it all i was fully convinced up until about the day before that the stewards were going to cancel it, it was all a big joke. And they were, yeah. no, uh, we weren't actually going to be seeing any racing at Henley, but sat in the press box Wednesday morning as the sun came up. It was, it was, yeah, pretty emotive, let's say. And then, mm. and then maybe Dan, to give you the final word, was there a moment where you had similar emotive feelings? <laughs> I think, um, well, two points really. The, the pre paddle on the Sunday, it was incredibly calm, there was no wind, it was about three boats on the water um you know it's a very special time because obviously only finalists are out there so um and just because that headwind's been there all week it was kind of just so surreal like everything was so still and the girls had a great paddle um and my second point would be the the number of shiplet blazers i mean i've been around henley for years and never seen that many shiplet blazers and all of a sudden you know we're getting further and further down and more are popping around you're seeing more in the stewards and walking the bank and even as the girls paddle up they're getting more calls and cheers it's just the support that they felt um and everyone's proud to wear the ship like blazer so which was fantastic and i think that you know that's part of the legacy that ship trying to create is you know you you earn that blazer and you're proud to wear it and people that go after you will be cheering you on from the side and you know it's just a real special thing that, that i guess every club has really yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was fantastic to watch on. I know certainly one of my favourites and Tom's favourites is always the Diamond Jubilee and to see to see a new winner now crowned. And I believe, Dan, it's the uh, Ship Lake's first ever win at uh, Henley Roragata, both on the women's side and the men's side. There was a win in the Visitors in, I believe, 1984 by a composite Ship Lake and Pangborn crew, I believe. Uh, so that was our first win. But in recent years, for a full Ship Lake crew, you're certainly right. That was... Uh, uh, a first one certainly for the girls anyway so obviously everyone's immensely proud um headmaster was there and that was fantastic to see and, and the support from school has been just and the staff and the coaching team has just been unbelievable focus was only 14 focus is only 14 he wasn't around in 1984 unfortunately fantastic fantastic no a huge congratulations to to all of you to leander thames shiplake and uh, and to all the other winners of the of the twenty six races uh, history made this year with the three new events the junior women's eights, the Wargrave and the Island Challenge Cup for for university women as well. So we're hugely excited to see them return next year, as with racing. And obviously, sadly, we've got no more Henley this year. But the best part of it is that it's only ten months to wait till uh, next year and six days of racing. Uh, so uh, yeah, a full, a full action packed schedule to come in twenty twenty two. But uh, yeah, that'll bring an end to this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed our, uh, our mini Henry Henley series that we've done at the end of the island. And I uh, hope you enjoyed also all the content that we've uh, produced on the Junior Rowing News website as well. A huge credit to, to Ed and to Rosie for churning out all of that. First started previewing all 26 of the events 
and we have a daily coverage all the way through. So if you're ever feeling a bit blue over the next week or so, do head over to the website and just review all the content that we've produced because there's buckets of it, buckets of content that the team have produced. And it's been a fantastic effort from the whole team to, to get it up there and cover the, the regattas so extensively. But uh, as I said, that'll bring an end to this week's episode. A reminder, we are sponsored by Ascensi and UK customers can get a free one-year British Rowing indoor subscription when they head to ascensi.com. But that's our last episode of the season. It's time as well, I think, for us to take a well-earned break as well. We've been running for 17, 18 weeks. And uh, yeah, thank you everyone to for, for listening. We hope you've enjoyed our content. The End of the Island will be back sometime in September, just like the new rowing season, but we need a break like everyone else does. Uh, my huge thanks to, to Zach, Juliet and Dan for joining us for this episode and to all our guests who have joined us over the past 17 weeks. And uh, we'll see you very soon at the end of the island. Mm-hmm.